Welcome to the Sign My Book Podcast. My name's Lisa McFadden, and I'm your host, bringing you each week inspiring interviews with screenwriters and novelists alike so that we can learn how they work around parenthood, jobs, and the general craziness of life. And if they're an author, I hope they'll sign my book. Let's get started. Hello, this is Lisa McFadden with Sign My Book, and we are back this week with the fabulous filmmaker, writer, everything, producer, (laughs) the wonderful Rebecca Glazer. Yes, she is a multi-hyphenate, just like many of the people that I have talked to on my show. She's written several features, romantic dramas. She's in pre-production on a couple of features and a short and creating a one-woman show, and starting her own film studio. And, you know, like, if there's anything else left off that list, I'm sure she will start that, too. So welcome, Rebecca. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to see you. I am so glad to see you, too. I am I've been a little busy, but, um, you know, <laughs> I believe you have to have, like, multiple things going on. Mm-hmm. And then once one of them hits and you focus your attention on it, I, I do a lot of snaking across the projects. So it might sound frenetic that I have such a long <laughs> list, but then I'd be bored and then there'd be nothing. <laughs> I, I've decided I'm following in Betty White's footsteps. I'm just going to work till 99. Yeah. And that's what I told my kids. It's absolutely right. Yeah. She's, she was so great. So Rebecca does a lot of things. I met Rebecca a year ago when she was also uh, in an online you know, Instagram, you know, we had like some businesses going on that intersected together. And Rebecca does this fabulous thing that so many writers are afraid to do or don't do, which is networking. And Rebecca has just always loves, this is like a thing that she is so great at. And I am always so impressed And I just kind of want to follow you around at like an event. (laughs) So I wish I could have gone to Austin this year, but I didn't get to. But um, next year, you should definitely come. You know, people are like, what are you doing? Why aren't you coming to the classes? But for me, I have to, if I'm going to take classes, I'm a good student, Mm -hmm. but I have to focus on that. Mm -hmm. When I'm in somewhere like Austin and there's hundreds of people that I want to meet, I just basically park myself at different places where I know people are going to be. And I talk to people as they walk by. And then I introduce them to our other group of friends to, it's always good to, you can never, uh, you know, know too many people who know people, you know, sometimes this has often happened even in like mom circles that I network. I also network in my personal life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I put two moms together and they become friends. And then I just skulk away and (laughs) let them be friends. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that was a better connection anyway. I once connected two primatologists. I didn't even know what that was or that that was a thing. Wow. I met two women who have PhDs and worked like, yeah, okay. primates. And I was like, you guys should be friends. I'm going to go. That's amazing. And, so, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, so, you know, you just never know when you get people to talk about themselves, what, what they do. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something interesting that happened in Austin is that in Austin, there's like thousands of screenwriters, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, like if you're a second rounder or semifinalist, I already know you have a good script. I don't really, it's not that I'm not interested in what you have to say about your story. It's that we all have the stories, right? Mm -hmm. But what I want to know is what inspires you, what gets you out of bed in the morning, like what, what makes you 
unique yeah because we're all interesting in our own way yeah you know we might not find each other interesting but we we <laughs> but we all 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 are interesting right like not every i'm not everybody's cup of tea but but i like to pull out of people what excites them yeah. and that's what i and then later we talk about you know do you want to trade scripts or you know who do I know that you know that whatever. Right. But like at the beginning, I just want to get to know. I feel like, I mean, like, I don't want to add to your list of things that you're doing, but I almost feel like this would be a great thing for you to maybe like have a workshop with writers who are notoriously. I I mean, I've always wanted to start. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because I used to, I was talking with my friend Ryan yesterday and I used to be, we were talking about networking and I used to, you know, he was saying he's an extroverted introvert. And I used to think that was my personality, mm-hmm. but I'm really just an extrovert. But, but what happens is, is I'm not always comfortable right away, but I think when you know that everybody's a little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, doing this now, I think most writers are introverts. Yeah. Um, I think uh, my ex-husband would always ask me like, why would you even be a writer? Like you don't, that doesn't even make sense. You know, you're by yourself. But I think writing for me is to keep talking when everybody is asleep. So like, oh, I can keep telling my stories thing. and I can keep because my brain is always going. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can, I have this weird ability to, maybe it's, um, anyway, I, I've taken all of my challenges and made them into um, hyper abilities, but whatever. So I like to, I have like seven conversations going on at one time and I can like pull them down and pick them, pick them up and like talk about them. So I think that um, is how I, how I um, am able to do so many different things at one time. The other thing I think is interesting. um, Well, I guess this is, this is something we can talk about later, but just, I have a photographic memory, which has gotten weaker as I get older, but if I have read your script uh-huh. and I look at you, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was playing two of their scripts in my head while we were having another conversation. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I just was like, it's just weird. Like I can picture the scenes, but this, these movies have not been made. So for me, that's wow. kind of where, that's why I like to do so many different parts of filmmaking mm-hmm. and not, uh, and I don't like to say just the writing, but I, the writing is my vehicle for getting the images onto Wow. onto the screen. I'm really into nuance. So for me, um, that's another thing. So wow. anyway, see is... how I did that? Like, I, I don't, I forgot even where we were. We were talking about networking. No, we're just talking I, about networking. Here, so. No, it was fantastic. This is so <laughs> insightful. But, but, you know, I do believe that, and this is a phrase that I stole from somebody. I don't know who it was, but, you know, to say other people's names in a room full of opportunities, yeah. I am all about I think it's always easier, like we did this short film and my friend Melanie is the lead actor Mm -hmm. and she produced it with me. And so we'd go around Austin last year and I would just talk about her performance because it was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I was proud of her and I was proud of the film and it was promoting the film, Mm -hmm. but it was promoting her because it's awkward to walk around and be like, so I wrote this amazing short because whatever, the the writing is just a piece of the film, right? Uh The film is takes so many more people than just me as the writer. So I think um, promoting people or knowing people's projects and being able to connect people, like we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. you know, just how I might know somebody who you might be able to work with or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think 
I do the introduction and then what happens after that is just whatever happens. Yeah. But, um, but it is, I, I get kind of a, I, I think that's how I meet everybody in my life. And it's regardless of being in the industry or, you know, I was a teacher for a while, mm -hmm. you know, um, which I don't think I told you. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was, a, I was, a, yeah, I was a literacy coach. So I would teach teachers about reading and writing. And I think just, again, like knowing people and knowing people's strengths yeah. and trying to connect them together. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes networking work. So I've always kind of, you know, mm -hmm. tried to see if I could monetize networking in some way. But for me, I just do it because it's just part of the, it's just part of the part of deal. who you are. Yeah. It's part of who I yeah. am, actually. Like I, even when I stayed home with my young children, mm -hmm. I networked with, like I would set up dinners and we would have like events and that was just what I did because I can't just sit still. Yeah. I think I really, so. I mean, like I would go, like if you had a workshop now I'm like semi extroverted as I've gotten older, I've gotten chattier mm -hmm. and you stop caring what people think. Yeah. So you much, stop caring right? about I mean, what people think. And so then I'm more inclined to walk up to people I don't know. And just, even if it's just yeah. like with a compliment about something like, Oh, you, yeah. you, hold yourself so beautifully or whatever it is and just like spark conversation yeah. right yeah I think that's a beautiful way to talk like to to connect with people mm -hmm. and to spread happiness like to yeah. uh, I have a friend who's really good at this but like the idea that you could make somebody's day somebody who looks mm -hmm. like the most challenging people are my favorite people to network with mm -hmm. because there's always a story there Right. Sometimes it has nothing to do with you, how people interact with you. And so if I can break that down and make their day just a tiny bit better than I like to do. That yeah, too, so. that's awesome. I think that's wonderful. But like you were mentioning that you are are you were a literacy teacher, which I think is amazing. But um, when you take us back to like where you started in your writing filmmaking journey, like how did that? I mean, this will sound cheesy because I am not I mean. I don't like to talk about how old I am, but I, it was, I vividly remember I was in grade three and I was taking a creative writing class and I still have the writing from the class. It was pretty bad, but um, <laughs> I, I remember the other kids writing. So I have a friend of mine who I still talk to to this day who was in the class and I remember her story. I don't remember what I wrote. And um, I remember being like, oh, you can change people's like what they think about, or you can like entertain people with your words. Uh -huh. And that's where it started. Wow. And so I kind of dabbled in and out of writing every job and every career I've ever had, which is numerous because as a creative, I think, you know, like I know a lot of people who were, they wanted to be a scientist and they just did that, mm -hmm. or they wanted to be a lawyer and they did that. I was like, well, maybe I'll do this. Oh, that didn't work. Or maybe, I'll, and I could do it, but I always was either public speaking or I was storytelling or I was writing that's the part of the, everything that I was always good at mm -hmm. like my business acumen always I was a corporate paralegal for a while I was going to be a lawyer I, I wanted to be a constitutional law professor wow. and I um yeah I just you know various I was a, a merchandise I was a buyer for a while <laughs> but all of these things right mm -hmm. like it's all creative in some way mm -hmm. and it's all storytelling and I realized that especially with public speaking that I am training, like I always trained people in every job I had. So then I was a literacy coach. I trained teachers in reading and writing. And that was kind of funny because I had 
only worked as a teacher. I was a career changer. I got my master's in education in New York City, and I was going to I was going to write children's books, mm-hmm. actually. And I um, uh, I would tr- I was training teachers to teach reading and writing, and they were like, "You've taught for like a minute," but I was <laughs> I could take. I could take the information and just turnkey mm-hmm. it and then put it in the context of a story. And then we were done. And I actually really enjoy teaching children to read and write. In my, my fifth graders uh, class, we made a film mm-hmm. last year. Uh-huh. We started from the script, brought it all the way to the um, uh, screen oh, that's in great. a week. So wow. I do, I do love doing things like that. So one day if I, when I make it big, then I hope to create a nonprofit helping underprivileged kids make films. Cause I think that it's a great, uh, I, I saw a lot of the kids in the class who really latched onto it cause it's a different way of storytelling. Yeah. So, and because I taught reading and writing mm-hmm. in the classroom setting, um, I was able to, you know, actually write a curriculum for right. filmmaking. So, yeah. So I, I think it, even though it seems like a kind of been all over mm-hmm. the place, they all come back to, and the skill set are such soft skills mm-hmm. that it's, hard to put into a job right but um so where was it that you thought oh okay now I'm going to start writing movies so I was um talking about my children's books I had gone to a children's book writing children's book writing conference Mm -hmm. and I was talking with a friend who knew somebody who wrote a popular tv show and he was he had written it on the train back and forth on the Metro North to New York city. And I was living in upstate New York at the time. And he's like, why would you ever write children's books? You are the most sarcastic person I've ever met. (laughs) And kind of like, he was like, you're funny, but you're not funny to like children. You're sarcastic. Right. And so he told me that he knew this person who had like sold his television show. And he's like, why don't you do that? And I was like, maybe I should. And I had tried to write, this is funny. I tried to write a memoir in my (laughs) twenties. And that was funny because yeah. I was in my 20s right. and I, you know, I had lived more of a life than I think more 20 somethings had. Sure. Like I had a lot of unique experiences. My family is very unique. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way to say it. Right. <laughs> and um, so it's just, yeah. Anyway, um, that's a whole story by itself. That's one of the scripts. And my dad's always like, you could write about us. I'm like, don't worry. Don't worry. I did. Um, but done and done dad. he's always like did you write did you write about us I was like oh uh, for sure, for sure. Well, I didn't live like this for for nothing like you know but um everything's always inspired right yeah. all fiction but always inspired right. but so I um yeah so I just I, I decided that you know and I had written a children's book as my master's thesis but I thought like I just so I took a course we moved from New York to Portland don't get me started and um <laughs> it got me closer to LA mm-hmm. but um if I had moved from, I lived in the Bay Area. If I had moved from the Bay to Portland uh-huh. and not the Bay to New York to Portland, I would fit in here better. But uh-huh. they're always like, is that lady still talking? And she must be from the East Coast. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. that's pretty much how it goes here. But so I started, I took a class. I started writing screenplays and my, I was writing television pilots at first mm-hmm. and they were getting good feedback and good, oh, they great. gained momentum pretty quickly it was during the pandemic and then, oh, okay. you know, you quickly start to, to level set and be like, mm-hmm. is this really going to happen? Am I really going to sell my television series? I think I got the advice, you know, why don't you just go write a feature and sell that mm-hmm. as if that were like hmm. a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. So I did start writing another? features during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if anything was 
true about the pandemic, I became very prolific during that time. I was mm. able to help my kids homeschool during the day, and then I right. would just stay up all night writing. And then I met all these amazing people uh, through a networking platform, and uh, we started like writing at the same time together, trading scripts, and that's where I that's ended wonderful. up meeting people who I created my short film with. That's so we created our short film during the pandemic, mm -hmm. and we only I had met our director um, in person on her way through Portland one time. Mm -hmm. uh, she was visiting friends, but I met my producing partner and uh, the lead actor in it mm -hmm. through this networking platform. And then I ended up, um, we produced the whole thing and we didn't meet in person until the casting callback. Wow. In LA. And we were, we had three COVID compliance people. So we, it was nuts. Wow. But um, yeah. So that's kind of the journey. Uh, I think once I found, it was so interesting. Once I found, I was writing in a vacuum by myself always. Mm -hmm. Um and it's funny because as a teacher of writing, I would always tell the children and the teachers, like, you have to create a community of writers. You mm -hmm. can't write in a and you have to read. Right. You can't just. But so then I was not taking that advice. I was writing in a, but, you know, it was a pandemic too. So, right. but then I found all these writers during the pandemic and it was literally like Narnia, like, <laughs> oh my God, like I, I, these are, this is, this is how you do it. And so once you started, like even yesterday, we have various friends of mine mm -hmm. and I who are in the you know creative side of this uh, have calls. And, you know, I was kind of just I'm always just pushing forward. And a friend was like, you know, I just want to take a minute to congratulate you about this or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't even. So having people to like stop you and be like, no, you're doing it, even if you feel right. like you're not. Right. I think creating that community. And that's where. When Louisa and I were doing Emerging Creatives, I think that was the thought behind that. That was during the pandemic also right. when you came on and talked to us. Yeah. was this idea that we could all come together and learn from each other mm -hmm. and, you know, find people who were in the space in different ways to to talk to them. Right. Um, but I also, like, found the editor of my film on Instagram. And he lives in Northern Ireland and he and I are very, very close That's friends. Fantastic. And he edited, we've shipped him the, so like, I think in some ways the pandemic was terrible, of course, but in some ways it made the world so much smaller mm -hmm. that yeah. I, I feel like that was the turning point for me um, to, to moving from screenwriter to filmmaker. Yeah. So I was writer and then I moved to screenwriter and then I, and it is true. Mm -hmm. I, I'll give my ex-husband credit for this, that I am not uh suited to just sit in a room and work by myself that is that has always been a problem i have to be able to talk right so, but you write yes. a lot you have a lot of writing partners like you've written stuff with other people right yeah you know i didn't i'm not sure what the evolution of that was mm -hmm. i think um sometimes i am really in tune to dialogue and character mm -hmm. like I my favorite scene in a movie is during the greatest showman mm. but not the pomp and circumstance of the greatest showman mm -hmm. but the part where Zach Efron grabs Zendaya's hand and the racist parents look at him and then he drops his hands and she runs out and they don't say a single word yeah that is my favorite scene I think it's really well done um and so for me that's what I'm really good at and I ha I'm not as strong, and maybe this isn't because I don't outline. I can oh. see the movie playing out. Like my kids will be like, oh, you're creating a movie. I'll be like, yeah, just don't talk to me for a second because I can see it 
playing, uh-huh. but I don't know what's happening next because I'm creating it in my mind as we're as I'm walking around, which is not a conventional way to write, of course, right? Huh. So I don't outline. I I I visualize. Okay. Yeah. And I, so this is, I definitely um, want to know this. <laughs> <laughs> I I visualize the movie as it's happening. And so I think the idea with this, with any time I've written with somebody I've written with, um, I'm writing with a third person now and I might write with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, The tricky part is that that you can't get repped. You know, a lot of people get repped as writing teams and that's not the intent here. The intent would be to sell the script or to produce it ourselves. Mm -hmm. But, um, but usually it's because either the, the situation happened between the person and I so we want to write about it mm-hmm. or um you know it's a fictional fictionalized you know uh, depiction of what happened but it right. definitely we have the perspective because we were dealing with it together um or um they're just they're a lot of my friends are really good at plot yes. <laughs> so so will so I, this person that I'm writing with now he had the idea and I really deep dive into character and he does also and so we are just go back and forth and he's got the plot but then like now we're at the end of the script we're on page like 75 and I'm like no I think it needs to go this way like in my mind it goes this way and I'm like if you're okay with it I'm just gonna finish it you know so it becomes kind of an exciting journey Uh for me to have somebody to bounce the ideas off of because if you write a script and then you send it to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, we become like, so like, that's my script. Don't, yeah. don't insult my sensibilities. Right. right. I get, not that I, I think as I get older again, I can be like, okay, I can take your, take your idea or not right. like for whatever. Or one time I revised a script and my friend was like, Oh, that's not at all what I meant. I said, well, I love it now. So thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he thought it was terrible how I had like taken his, <laughs> his his advice but I was like it made it a hundred times better and then like because you know you have a vision of what you want your script to be and notes are just that right right? notes are just notes nobody's right or wrong about the notes you know even if you sell it or don't sell it somebody could hate your movie (laughs) or it could get through through 10 more levels of production people and then your movie ends up something different than what you wrote anyway so I think you have to be really okay with you know, right. molding things. So the idea with the writing partners, I wrote one script um, about a woman who falls in love with the scammer, totally fiction. Wow. And, um, and it was inspired. And I had a friend who had been alongside me during that time. Uh-huh. And so she and I wrote the script and we, you know, we made it funny. And I think it was, it came out well. And my friend Ryan and I uh, wrote a script about people were always confused by our friendship. And so Uh we wrote a script about that (laughs) and he, uh, he, he really likes romantic comedies. Uh And so it was, it was more like an elevated romantic comedy. And this friend now that I'm writing with my friend, Mark and I are writing, it's more like a spiritual drama. Uh So, um, you know, and I think, I think my writing kind of follows my life. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. my life is always a lot of drama Mm -hmm. and a lot of comedy to what is it? Tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I mean, we're always in our, we're always in our work. Right. And I think it's Nora Ephron who was always like, just write about, you know, everything is copy. Right. She was like famous for saying that all the time. It's like your whole life is good for story. Like you're living stories. You know, I'd love for sometimes my life not to be for my scripts. <laughs> right. um, just occasionally. Just... But like I do walk around and it's bad as I get older. I'm like, 
I'm like, wait, I had the fun. I'm in the kitchen. I think of the funniest thing. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. And I didn't write it down. And then I forget it before I've even, you know, um, but, uh, but my kids know, you know, the, the greatest thing to see actually for me as a writer has been watching my kids um, follow suit. Like we always had during the pandemic, I, I led a bunch of writing clubs. And actually, since they were little, I would always get groups of kids in the neighborhood together to write. And we would just write and we would share and we would be like a, a cohort of writers who gave each other feedback from the eight, from the age of three. I did this with my kids. And so we did it everywhere we moved. We would create these writing clubs. And so I um, my kids now, I don't know if they're playing me, probably are. My tween will say to me, um, you know, mom, I can't go to bed because I'm in the middle of a story idea for my script and I, I don't want to lose it. <laughs> but like, what can I say to that? Yeah. I can't tell her to go to bed. I mean, I'm a, I understand. Yeah. So either she totally knows how to play me or it's true. Yeah. And she is writing. So I, I'm going to go with it's true. But she, or she'll be like, you know, we're going to need to do a bake sale or something to produce this film. And I don't know if we're going to be able to get the rights because we put Mickey Mouse in it. And, you know, so she, so like, I love, I, and I'm always like, okay, kid, take a number because yeah. I'm trying to produce like four other films. But, um, but I love that. Like if nothing That's else, awesome. if I never made a single another movie, the fact that my kids will hopefully make mm-hmm. a movie or write a book or something like yeah. makes me and yeah, yeah, extremely happy. So like so. five years ago, would you, did you think that this is where you would be right now? Um, I think I've always been trying to get to this place. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, my life has in the last five years, my life has changed drastically, but it all, all mostly for the better. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think, I think the more that I open up myself to possibilities, Mm -hmm. the more I do. So like, I don't, I don't know how, I didn't know how to produce a film, but Melanie, I just figured it out. Yeah. And so I think being okay, that Eleanor Roosevelt quote, like, I guess I'll just do it afraid which I botched the quote, but you know, that's the sentiment, right? Yeah. I think I walk around pretty much scared out of my mind yeah. most of the time. Yeah. But that's how, that's just because you're getting outside your comfort zone is that that's yeah. where the fear and is. And it's allowed me to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's allowed me to grow. I think I lead everything with gratitude now. Oh, that's, um, that's nice. And I think that has been transformative actually mm-hmm. in my in my journey, mm-hmm. I have a, a television script called From the Anxious Mind of Tova Greenfield. Again, totally inspired about a woman who's totally inside of her head. But I think since I wrote that to now, uh-huh. like I'm that inspired character is a I'm a different person from that inspired character. So it's really it's fun to kind of now revise that because right. it's not even close to who who <laughs> I exist as at the pr- present moment. I mean, it's a, there's like a version of me in there, but right. But um, so I think writing for me, it's funny. I think writing for me for a while was definitely therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I remember a writing ma- a manager I had paid to get some coverage. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, Rebecca, we get it. You're going through a thing. <laughs> he's like, you've, writ- you've written the same script four different times. <laughs> and it took- he's like, could you try to make the protagonist somebody else? <laughs> and I think that was pivotal. Mm-hmm. That was definitely like, and it's always, I, my best thing that I do besides, you know, I have a very small skill set. I always joke. Mm -hmm. It's like talking, networking, 
I don't know. That's kind of it. And then there's like writing and then giving, but I do give really good feedback. And it's yeah. because for me, I can visualize your story yeah. and I can give you notes and whatever, but I can't, um, uh, for myself, mm -hmm. when you write too close to your experience, yeah, it's it hard. hurts sometimes, yeah, right? It hurts. Mm -hmm. And I think I've learned to be like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it's not me. It's inspired. Yeah. I can take the feedback and yeah. So. But it's just like how. Yeah, I don't even know what the original question was. <laughs> no, it was like, <laughs> it, is this where you expected you'd be in five years? But it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so no, so no. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that whole like we're working through stuff all the time. You know, mine um, is always journaling and it's factual before it becomes like inspired or fictionalized at all. Yeah, and. Uh, because the reason that you, you wrote the same thing four times over is you're trying to work your way through it. You're trying to work your mm -hmm. way mentally through it. So the, then you get the, you know, the 2020 hindsight go, oh, that's what I was thinking. Then it becomes a complete. And then work. you can like separate yourself like the exactly. scammer script. We, by the time we've revised it, mm -hmm. it's so far from any in inspired events right. that it's just another character in my arsenal of characters. Right. And, um, and like, I think, I think sometimes it's good when the characters are inspired. Cause of course, like, even if you talk to, you know, talk to as if I talk to her, but Phoebe Waller bridge, yeah. she'll talk about, you know, everything comes from something. We just had coffee. Although I would love to have coffee. Yeah. Right. She's, she's, she's our friend. But anyway, <laughs> because I am trying to do a one woman show. So I would love to. Talk yeah. To but anyway, but, um, but but I think this idea, like when Ryan and I script, people would be like, oh, the woman, how can somebody be so smart but still not understand? Mm -hmm. So when you get like a, like a note like that, mm -hmm. even though you like take it to heart, mm -hmm. you're like, well, how, how do I reconcile the cognitive dissonance between, because if it's not people, I'm constantly a walking paradox. I think people don't understand <laughs> me on the face of me. Uh -huh. <laughs> But after, after a long time, mm -hmm. because I'll like talk like this or whatever, but then when we're sitting and talking quietly, just one-on-one, -on -one, right. we might be talking about, you know, mm -hmm. the most introspective, quiet things, you know? Sure. So, um, you know, it's just, so I, I think, I think you start to kind of deep dive into character motivations and things like that. Mm -hmm. And this idea that you can create whatever you want mm -hmm. and it can be separate from you know, I think right. that's been something interesting. That's been something so great has been able to, you can push yourself as a writer mm -hmm. and it doesn't uh, reflect on you as a person. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think like, so. Like yeah. you can, you could be like a horror writer mm -hmm. and be like the gentlest person there is. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm not a horror writer, but, right. but I think that that's an interesting, I think I, I was raised to kind of think mm -hmm. you got to be on and perfect in all aspects of what you do right, so right. you can't possibly write something off color or something oh because people might judge you for that yeah exactly and so i think yeah yeah that holds a lot of writers back uh me included yeah was that that fear yeah so i you know and i of course everybody doesn't everybody and this goes back to the networking mm-hmm everybody feels judged. Right. Right. But I think in the end of the day, once you realize we're all kind of 
especially like when you get in a room full of writers or actually when I get in a room full of filmmakers, I'm like, oh, these are my people, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I feel inspired. Right. I feel like they understand me. I don't have to explain myself. Exactly. I don't have to like explain why I'm, yeah. right? Like, like my aunt so-and-so is always so excited that I'm some famous filmmaker. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not, right? I'm glad, to, I'm glad they're supportive of me, right? Yeah. But like- <laughs> <laughs> but like nobody, but, but at the filmmakers, independent filmmakers in a room mm -hmm. know the hustle. Oh and yeah. Know what it, yeah. What it, like what I don't really have to, you, know what you I mean? don't have to explain like, it's okay. Here's how it works for me as a filmmaker. It's okay to be in a room and geek out about lighting and know how to yes. adjust it so that everybody's framed perfectly like I was at an event and there was a step and repeat and they had the light set up wrong. And I was like, this is, everybody looks horrible. And so then I adjusted <laughs> it and I, did you fix it? Yeah. And there was like, everybody was like, Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Filmmaker in the room. That's and I was like, yeah, because exactly it, you see it and it's okay. Cause like then in any other room that everybody's like, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have done that too. Yeah. I saw that, you know, whatever, but you can feel kind of <laughs> right. geeky and it's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, I, I remember I used to like talk about writing research with mm -hmm. teachers sometimes and they'd be like, what are we like in college? <laughs> yeah. Like they would get annoyed, right? Mm -hmm. But like with writers or with, you do feel like you're in the room with people who just get you. Mm -hmm. And so I think so often I've been that person, even though I like to bring people together mm -hmm. and I don't really care what everybody thinks. I mean, I sort of care, I, I think, but to some extent, you know, I'm not completely right. impervious to people's opinions of me. Um, as my friends are all rolling their eyes, like how many conversations have we had to take Rebecca through as she analyzes some look that somebody gave her, right? Because I, you know, whatever. I'm not a 14 year old girl anymore, but I sometimes still, you know, over, I'm an overthinker. Yeah. But, but even so, I think, I think, you know, once you, like being in a room, like you said, mm -hmm. with people who are geeking out about things that you care about, mm -hmm you just suddenly don't feel so awkward. Anymore. Right. Right. And like being, it, it just feels like you're all working towards its common goal. And you, you know, yeah. um, you know, my editor on the short film, he would be like an episode six of so-and-so, you know, whatever television show. I love the camera pull. Yeah. I'm like, what? How do you even know that? I'm like, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> like, please edit my film. Right. Like, uh... like, like what? How do you even know that? Right. So like, like for me, like learning from people like that mm -hmm. who are, who are, you know, he's been an editor forever. Mm -hmm. And so like learning from people and like respecting each other's space, but then tr like people, a lot of people mm -hmm. in this industry, especially in independent filmmaking are generous with their, yeah. you know, taking you under their wing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. some people are my mentors because I, I'm like, you're my mentor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really ask. Like I have this friend that I've known since the marching band mm -hmm. and he's been in the industry for 20 years. And I'm like, okay, so you're my unofficial mentor. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you knew that when we first met that this was going to happen to you, but this is how it is. And so I was calling him from my short film set and he was giving me tips about how to, you know, fix the problem that I didn't have a DIT on my, um, Ah. like we almost didn't get the data transfer yeah 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 always get a dit i learned that unless you want yourself to be it and mm -hmm. your tech support is your 14 year old yeah so. yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's like a whole new aspect on set, right? Is the data trans the the data transfer person? Well, and time is money, and money is transfer, and mm-hmm. you know, my flight. I almost missed my flight, and we almost didn't get it transferred. And thank God for Melanie, like you know, and a couple other people would like. <laughs> we were just trying to get it, and we got it transferred. And by some, I don't know some grace of something (laughs) we uh we we got it transferred and we made a movie but uh you know it everything I had funded the movie a lot right (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I I think it's you know when you have your money tied up and things it Mm -hmm. starts to get stressful yeah yeah I was just going to ask, is this the film that has gone on and won all these awards? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because it's a 21 minute film. It's a drama, um, which was funny because, you know, people were like, well, this is your business card, Rebecca. So make sure you're producing something that it's a very expensive business card, Mm -hmm. but you're producing something that um, represents you as a writer. Mm -hmm. But I do kind of dance around drama and comedy, but this is a pure drama. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's about a woman who dies from complications to Alzheimer's. There's no spoiler alert there. She dies. But but it's the process at the end of somebody's life who shows up for you at the end of your life. And oh. sometimes that looks different than what you expect. Mm-hmm. And then it pays homage to the hospice workers and the, and the nurses and things like that because... <laughs> I have unfortunately been in several of those rooms at the end. I used to volunteer in my twenties. I would volunteer in nursing homes mm-hmm. with Alzheimer's patients. Oh, and okay. My half brother and half sister's mother passed away from complications to Alzheimer's, but we had a special uh, relationship, even though it came together in like a funny way. Like I have a lot of, we have a lot of uh, halves and mm-hmm. non-relations. Like my half, I have a script called my half brother's half sister. So there mm-hmm. you go. Um, So that's about how my family is. But so, but so this, this was really looking at the, you know, and this is the other thing uh, it's about um, my dad's been in the hospital a lot. And whenever he's in the hospital, we always feed the nurses because, and then they'd be like, Mr. Glazer is doing fine. You know, like, like, because we're like bagels or tacos. What do you, bagels, bagels, we'll bring you bagels tomorrow. And, you know, because it's a, it's a, it's a hard job to be a nurse, especially, I mean, my dad's a lovely person, but you know, I'm sure when you're, in the hospital, you're maybe not your best self always. And so, you know, bagels make everything better. And so, um, so, but there is some, some, there's a little bit of tribute to that, the idea of feeding people. And and I'm even writing uh, another script now that this idea of how cultures and how people come together and support each other and, um, you know, the thankless jobs yeah. that we have. But so anyway, Melanie had approached me at, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Melanie Collip is my producing partner, said, what do you have that we can produce? And I had this written as a podcast with two other parts mm-hmm. and I changed it into a short film and we brought on Louisa, who you had right yeah. on your show yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. So we've had Louisa come on as the director and um, yeah, so it's been in the Big Apple Film Festival. It got nominated in the Paris Liftoff Festival mm-hmm. and in... Now I'm not going to remember another festival, Montreal, I think, mm-hmm. or I can't remember. It got it got nominated in those, and then it also won best 
cast or best ensemble mm-hmm. in the mom film festival. So, yeah. and that festival, just to plug them for a minute, that mom f- film festival is such an inclusive, supportive, oh, awesome. empowering festival. So that was, you know, I, I love, I actually love, if you can imagine, I love to talk in front of people. So, <laughs> no. so I, so I went, when I went to the Big Apple Film Festival and I got to talk on the panel, uh-huh. it was like a, it was like a dream. Yes. It, the only other thing I haven't done that I'd like to talk is like a TED talk, which, you know, we'll get there. Um, but I have that no is a, doubt that is a goal of mine. I will see you on a <laughs> TED is, talk. That is, that, that is a goal of mine. What I will be talking about, God only knows, but I'll figure out something. It'll be something. So, um. But yeah, I I love the festival, the inclusive inclusivity and the mm-hmm. and the like drive of people were coming up to me after at the Big Apple Film Festival. Like, you know, my mom was in hospice, and I, you know, it's important to me that this is on the screen. And so that was like so um, validating, I guess, because it, you know, look, like of course we all want to make it big and make big movies right. or whatever. But in the end, like my movies are all indie vibe yeah. movies and i want to my favorite movie is life is beautiful what's your favorite oh movie? i love Lisa. that what's my favorite movie yeah there's two there's too many there's so many <laughs> too many right yeah i i really love um i love movies about vegas or movies that take place in vegas i don't oh. know why i'm drawn oceans to 11 films. yeah but like there's an indie called the cooler which was kind of the film that I always wished I'd written. Um, and then, of course, Casino, Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, sure. I really Leaving love these long, Maybe. sweeping, epic storytelling, you know. Um, my grandparents um, and my aunt uncle lived in Vegas. And my, my uncle was a celebrity hairstylist. Oh, wow. So in Las I've Vegas. always wanted to write a story. Of, yeah, in Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I think Don Rickles hair. Anyway, the one film I would exclude (laughs) from that bunch of Vegas would be Showgirls. That was not. (laughs) Mm. We don't like that. That's not. No. Yeah. But I feel like. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have been very niche that you like. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I think at one time I tried to write a short, you know, but it was. You know, like when you're first starting to write shorts, they tend to be too broad and sweeping. And Mm -hmm. over time, I've gotten, you know, bring it in smaller and smaller. But it was about a guy um, contemplating his last minutes in Vegas after he's lost everything. Mm -hmm. And um, but it had like that's incredible, crazy special effects and. It would have been so expensive. Like this guy is on fire in Caesar's mm-hmm. Palace Casino. Like that's not going to happen. Nobody's ever going to wow. okay that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They do it on America's Got Talent. Um, maybe they need like, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe <laughs> you just need a lot of insurance. <laughs> a lot, a lot of insurance. Like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but my first short had the script. All I had was like the character falls forward and SAG just like came back at me like, no, we can't approve this. You have to have a stunt coordinator on set um, and they have to be like okayed from SAG. 
and it's $950 a day. And I was like, okay, that's my whole budget. (laughs) Exactly. Like I was like, let me rewrite this. (laughs) Character stands still. Well, I just remember Louisa being like, what? We're not having this in a convenience store. No, he's running on on a sidewalk. That's it. (laughs) And so that was actually interesting to like you as a writer, like you have all these ideas in your head of like what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the studio budget, then it does, it does start to, um, but that's why I, 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 you know, I don't know the cost of life is beautiful, but you know, cause they still did it with a concentration camp background, you know? So I don't know how expensive that was, but, but just watching it's more the dialogue and the character. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I remember one time I wrote a script, a television script and somebody would, somebody gave me feedback. I paid for this feedback. And she was like, maybe you can make the mom a prostitute. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, that doesn't even work with like, and so I, I got really frustrated with like, mm-hmm. what are we, why did we have to be so extreme mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. tell a story? Right. And so for me, like, you know, if it makes sense, mm-hmm. right. If it, if you can pull it off, right. right. In like a breaking bad type of way, a friend of mine was lecturing me about breaking bad and how genius it was and it was mm-hmm. right if you can pull it off in like an extreme story sure that still d- deep dives in the character that's great mm-hmm. but not every story has to go to some extreme no because it's from the perspective so that's of, been... of the character with what's the worst thing that right. could happen in that character's world not in your own <laughs> so, right yeah right yeah exactly so i yeah so it's been um we're, we're done with the, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years? I don't even remember where we started. Girl, no, because like, Somehow we it just was funny section. that you brought up the blockbuster thing, because I was, we were just talking about that at work, about how like you would bust ass on Friday to like get there. Yeah. <laughs> Something just came yeah. out and on you'd video. Be, and... You'd be like grabbing it, even if you didn't want it. Yes. You'd be like, no, I want to see this. Yeah. And then you'd be like perusing the back. Just to hold of it. The film, and you're like, oh, this. While is, you yeah, make up your mind. You're like, I might want this. Yeah. And you would just read it and you'd be like, oh, it kind of sounds like shit. But 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 you'd be like, oh, you'd be like, oh, this isn't. And then you just like slowly put it back because you had like hoarded it. Oh, my God. So absolutely. But that is it was there was like an art to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was like a badge of honor having that oh, animated yeah. blue card. Yeah. And 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 don't don't, you know, not that's not to knock some of the smaller Hollywood video chains or whatever. We would go there if we had to. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I went I mean, I was a member, you know, lifetime member at like several places, one of which, you know, the guy was in love with my mom. So we went in, he was just like, Here, what movie do you want to see? Oh, like, he he pulled them out from under yeah. the car. <laughs> but that was I mean like what you That's were talking great. about was like all the independent films. That's how I learned who Philip Glass was as a composer because there were just he had like, you know, the little mom and pop shops had like all these mm-hmm you know, indie films that didn't get big distribution. They were made in like the seventies stuff. He would never normally see, which I don't even know if still, I think you have to go on canopy or something to like, find like Ayanna Scotsi, those two films that Philip Glass did that are largely just the story of somebody moving through like time. And it's just with the music and, and the film and it like moves everything along so fast. And I mean, yeah, we saw uh, the same. Saw a lot of films, 
well before I should have seen like, some of the films, but oh, I for just sure. took him anyway because sure. he was like, sure, have That's right. <laughs> sure, right. sure. You're looking dashing tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, to your Go watch this. It wasn't Serpico. What right. is it? It was something. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, cruising. Not really one. I don't think I saw that. Yeah, not for kids. Um, But, you know, hey. I mean, I don't think anything in the 80s was. I remember we snuck into uh, Born on the Fourth of July with our friend's teenage brother, Mm -hmm. and then he left, and they like came and like took us out. (laughs) They were like, you can't watch this. And we're like, we'll be fine. Yeah. And I think we, he ended up coming back, and it was like, like terrible like like great movie but like not for a 13 year old yeah no but we were like we'll be we can we can handle this Mm -hmm. but there was nothing in between it's like even children's literature right like went from like we would go from judy bloom to stephen king there was nothing in between now the children's book market has exploded it's the same with television Mm -hmm. you know i was thinking about running to the blockbuster we used to run home after work also Mm -hmm to watch the next episode of the West wing or whatever, oh, yeah. because if you missed it, then it. you missed, <laughs> you missed the whole episode and you might catch it on rerun. Yeah. Right. That's what I actually like about how Apple uh, did Ted Lasso, where they would make you wait. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, so, I think the Thrones did that too. Yeah. I, I don't remember, but um, where they don't put the all of the seasons up, they just like, they'll drop right. an episode an episode an episode an episode every week. Um, and then, right. and then later, and, much later, you can binge it right before they drop, they start dropping the next season. Right. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, and, and, <clears throat> and it wasn't, you know, during the pandemic, I did binge a lot because, mm-hmm. you know, we were home, mm-hmm. but I think about, um, the days of like, this was interesting too, that we were t- joking about the different types of films and now everything's so accessible, mm-hmm. but I, I think. I'm not really like a sheltered person, I don't think, mm-hmm. but I was even shocked at the content change on the streamers because when I was a kid, we had cable. I had a neighbor who used to sneak over and be like, we can watch cable, right? Uh-huh. And like, yeah. <laughs> we, would watch, we would watch whatever was on cable, mm-hmm. which is not even close to the content that's on streaming at this point. Um, yeah. You know, why I guess they have like kids or mm-hmm. mom's channels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> my kid, my, Right? Like, don't go into mom's box. <laughs> we don't want you to know what mom's watching. Mom's not, you know. Yeah, mom's exactly. Like, don't judge me. Yeah. Don't judge me by my, by my, you know, I was thinking about too, when Netflix was first on DVD mm-hmm. and they had yes. the queue. Yes. Where, but I could never get anything from my queue. So you get like number 30 and 31. Yeah. And then you'd like send it back hoping you'd oh get Oh my God. I forgot all one. about like, that. And then. It was so slow. And, you, and so like, like this idea. This like instant gratification stuff for me mm-hmm. as like a storyteller, as a writer, mm-hmm. or as a consumer, mm-hmm. um, it's exhausting. Yeah, it is. I, you know, I, I realize like my kids' generation has never not had yeah. iPads and computers and whatever. Right. And I know I'm totally dating. I think you've already figured out my age, but but uh, I'm <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> unless you know, unless Hollywood wants somebody younger, then I've colored my hair and I'm younger. If Hollywood wants somebody older, I'm older. Whatever you want. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you, want. you want, Hollywood. But I'm uh, here for you. Whatever you want, I'll just keep. I'm gonna just keep telling telling the stories regardless. But, good, um, good. That's what I, that's what I want. I just 
that's what I want you to do. Yeah. Keep telling the I, stories. That, I, I hope that everybody keeps telling stories because stories are what bind us together. Yeah, I think, so. you know, the whole thing with like AI and all that stuff, not to get deep into that, but was um, as one writer I was interviewing with said it perfectly was that they are all it does is eliminate the creative process, which eliminates the point to creating. So mm-hmm. it's the process. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's people who um, don't know how to write. They don't want to write, but they just want to have written. And so they've created this thing that just like spits it out. There, I'm done. I've done this, you know. Then there was the big surge of crappy AI written books all over Kindle and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, I felt like that was, you know, how they were trying to like sort of monetize uh you know, um, Hollywood, they were just making it a, a machine instead of well, and, and the consumer will decide, right? I yeah. mean, they'll decide if they like the content right. or not, but in the end we can still keep making movies. Yeah, exactly. You know, cause we don't, we, we'll just come and that's to your what studio I, I, because there's, we're going to come to your studio. That's right. Hopefully that's right. nice segue. Yeah, I know. Right. I <laughs> love how I did that. Um, you are, you are very skilled at that. Um, but I wanted to ask you, like, so we know that I know now about your creative process is that you're just visualizing it in your head and you're writing it down. Um, a lot of the time, what I found really interesting in listening to you speak and how you go about making or writing films is that you're able, you're visualizing it, but you're able to show and not tell. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people visualize yeah. things and it doesn't come up the same on the page. It'll come up very internal yeah, and it's still not being shown externally. Um, and, and so I thought that was really fascinating that, that you're able to convey that onto the page, just exactly what it's you're saying. It's not seeing. to say that I don't, and I, and I participate in the revision process for sure, mm-hmm. but something interesting that happened in my latest, with my latest writing partner is that he'll have some dialogue he wants in there mm-hmm. and he'll visualize it one way. And then I try to reimagine it, how it would look more like a, from a director standpoint, even though I'm not a director, but I have kind of like a, I direct myself, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah. And so from a director's eye, from a, from a consumer of filmmaking, because like we just talked about for 10 minutes, <laughs> filmmaking was or like watching movies is all I did. Mm-hmm. And so paying attention to how to get it, um, on the screen in a nuanced way mm-hmm. so that people go, oh, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's me. Or, oh my God, I get it mm-hmm. without anybody saying a word, right? Or without, without we don't be, have to be, we have to trust our consumers of our films and our writing mm-hmm. that they're smart, <clears throat> yeah, right? Yeah. And so I think we, we take that for granted. Sometimes we have to spoon feed it to them, mm-hmm. but we don't, mm-hmm. right? What we have to do is make it artwork and, um, I think it's funny because when I was a literacy coach and even in graduate school, that that was the biggest thing is we would talk to first graders about show, don't tell. And that's not to minimize or degrade any writers, but that is literally what this generation of writers were teaching. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's, and I would, it, and we would always say show, don't tell. And then when people started saying it to me in filmmaking, I was like, Oh my God, you're seriously. Like I tell it to six-year-olds, like, don't, don't, don't insult me. Right. <laughs> but honestly, there mm-hmm. are so many times mm-hmm. where we as writers think we haven't been heavy handed mm-hmm. or think we haven't directed like 
nobody needs you to give them, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're directing it yourself, right? right? Like nobody needs you to, to, to talk so much about like how it's going to be produced, right? right. Cause it's going to be produced however it's going to be produced mm-hmm. unless you're producing it yourself. And even then you have, you know, a plethora of people. It's funny, mm-hmm. you know, my word recall has gotten worse over the years. So I was talking to Ryan yesterday about uh, the fire truck drove by and I said to my kid, there's like a car with the siren. She's like, you couldn't remember the word fire. Truck? And I was like, it's first in, first out. So like fire truck, I learned when I was like two. And so like, <laughs> plethora, plethora I got. But fire truck, sorry, sorry. And until you like reignite it, and, you know, you're not using it's it. Like use a, it, use it. A word but... inventory system. It's like first in, first out. That's right. Well, you know, it's bad, but, you know, I always use circumlocution in in Spanish. I would like, I was fluent in Spanish for a minute Mm -hmm. and I would like try to talk around the word if I didn't know the word. Mm -hmm. But when you're Googling an English word that you're like trying to talk, you're like a word that means this, but isn't this. And you're like, oh, what's the word? I'm doing the word. So as a writer, that besides like finding the best names (laughs) for your characters is is incredible. But but yeah, so so just... (laughs) I totally derailed myself, but um, <laughs> what were we talking about, Lisa? We were, ta- oh, were we talking yeah, about we, we were talking about how getting words, you know. Oh, show don't tell. Yeah, show don't tell. Yeah, and getting the words on the page. I, you know, so I think it's just something, especially if you have a writing partner, that's really easy because you're mm-hmm. you end up revising sure. their scenes or reimagining their scenes mm-hmm. as long as you're a good team, right? And they're not holding on to it too tightly. We we try to be really respectful of each other's visions yeah. and let, I, I think this is true of my whole life. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is why I'm better at writing now than I was mm-hmm. a while ago um, is that I don't hold on to things that don't matter. So like if somebody's like, do you want to do this for dinner dinner, and we'll go here and okay. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be that person who had to control everything. Oh, yeah. Right. You become more and flexible. I'm not like that yeah. anymore. So yeah. So same with writing, like mm-hmm. really like hold on to the things that you have to have in your stories but mm-hmm. if it doesn't lose the essence and it makes it better I think being a little humble and being like okay probably right yeah yeah you know I mean or do you mind if we change it this way if you know I mean that's the same I even think, uh, in the filmmaking process I guess somebody told me Quentin Tarantino said it you actually make three films you know you write one you film yeah. one and then you edit one and it's like they because yeah. I noticed that just from you know writing and making my own is like write it and then yeah and then when I'm uh filming it and I'm like oh my god this is like a completely this is what I was really trying to say and it's weird because right. I've tried to merge it together and go okay well but you don't know it until you go through that process every time you can't shorten it and right. change it the next time you just learn more as you go but it still becomes right. a new film and then when you edit it, it becomes a new film and each time yeah that was a that was a really uh, interesting process we fought a lot about if the blinds were open or closed at the end of my film mm-hmm. uh, or our film <clears throat> and then the idea that like there was like a teardrop hanging off the actor's nose mm-hmm. he, he just legitimately was crying and i i was like it's it hangs there for a really long time are you sure we... and they were like you're gonna love it later you're gonna love it rebecca and like later they were right but like you yeah. start it that was the editor and the director and you know as the producer I was kind of you know they're like yeah yeah you, you, okay, to... you, you figured it out <laughs> it, you do have to kind of you have to remember you can be I knew I interviewed a producer director writer in Ireland in Dublin one time and 
he was also the editor and I think eventually the editor was his cat or something. He didn't want to have his name all over everything. Uh-huh. So he, you know, you don't want to be, so unless you're every role on the film, uh-huh. uh, I think you have to really, you know, be a good team player mm-hmm. and be like, what am I fighting about? Yes, this is my words. Mm-hmm. And maybe it, but like, let's say you sold your film to a big studio, uh-huh. which let's hope so. Um, then, yeah. you know, it's out of your hands it's out unless you're lucky enough to for them to let you produce it with them or something yeah or directed or whatever yeah yeah being part of that process you're pretty far removed from what ends up yeah I think you know like I told people like I had a play produced and they removed amazing a key line and it showed me that they did not actually understand what the play was about and then when they removed that key wow. line, it turned it into the most misogynistic uh, oh, and it was horrible. And I remember watching it and just uh, like my heart just like, oh. and then that's when I was like, okay, mm-mm. now I do want to be a filmmaker. Like I, I, that was not my thing. And then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Let me just see if I can do it and keep my messaging as I go. But yeah, that's the thing is yeah. like, it becomes more and more refined as you go along. But even then, like, they say not to control everything, right? Like, you can't get in there. Don't be your own editor. Don't be. And I listened to everybody. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing now is like, I'm not listening to anybody. Like, yes, I'm going to yeah. shoot. I think you do whatever myself. you're going to do. I'm going to edit yeah. it myself. I'm going to do yeah. it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like what you're saying. Well, and I think too, it's, it's a matter of depending on what story you're telling, Mm -hmm. like the idea behind the one woman show that I was doing Mm -hmm. that I'm doing is I didn't want to necessarily be on stage live. Mm -hmm. Not that I I love talking in front of people, but I, I I like talking like this in front of people Mm -hmm. where I, we don't know where it's going to go. And it's anybody's guess where Rebecca's taking us. It's a roller coaster, (laughs) but um, you might go upside down and just scream (laughs) your head off. Sometimes you laugh, you know, but, but, but in the one woman show, like I, because it was generally scripted or not, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, But a general kind of idea, I was going to have it filmed. And so I was talking to my editor about it. He's like, just sound dialogue, right. Mm -hmm. Like lighting, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, and and filming. Mm -hmm. And so we were, we were kind of, you know, because if you have no sound, you have no film, Mm -hmm. right. Well, unless it's silent film, but, 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 but so this idea that you can, like somebody was talking to me, I don't even remember where, because I talk to people wherever I go. Uh, and she was like, oh, I really want to make a film. I said, so just make it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't, I'm not so presumptive. And I think I, this was somebody else who I interviewed, but to think that everybody has an iPhone or, or a smartphone, but if you do mm-hmm. make a film, you know, try it. Like, like, I think I have another friend who we're talking about filming some comedy and I think everybody likes to talk about doing stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so he and I were just like, we just have to do it, yeah. right? We just have to just have to do it. Just because, and I think it was Quentin Tarantino too, who was just like, you're, you can be a filmmaker. You just have to try to film it, mm-hmm. you know, just try it and see what happens. And then, and I, I was thinking too, cause my brain is tangential like this. I was thinking back to like the days of Seinfeld and like that kind of, um, uh, I guess you'd call it episodic, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the characters were so strong that you knew exactly what was, but, yeah. but like, 
like that's a dream of mine to have people walk around and say things from your comedy show. Mm-hmm. That's like a dream. But then when we went into Curb Your Enthusiasm on, on HBO, right? Mm-hmm. And Larry David made that, and and I've heard too that it's not scripted; it's like outlined, right? Mm-hmm. And then. And then they just kind of go with it. I have a spec strip I'd like to be on Kirby Enthusiasm. That is something I, <laughs> a goal of mine too. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be Larry. I'm Susie's younger. Anyway, younger <laughs> sister. We'll just leave it at that. Anyway, so, so, but the idea that you could start pushing the envelope, right? Mm-hmm. Like now he was swearing or he was doing such like, not salacious, but like, put, you know, like definitely, um, you know, little, little more. Mm-hmm. Put, you know, pushing the envelope yeah. of, of what you could say on television. Mm-hmm. I think that was so exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Like as a, because it wasn't like it was taking it, you know, from zero to, you know, whatever, right. but it was, it was allowing for some creative freedom, right. freedom that I think wasn't there before. So when do you think, do you have like a proposed time? Like, so you're going to do this one woman show and film. Yeah, it. I think I'm going to do that soon. It's, I, I just trying to find, and it, literally I have a couple friends who I'm going to have help me direct and just film it, rent a studio space and, you know, right. minimal, there's not going to be any set, you know, mm-hmm. maybe some different lighting and that's it. Uh, Cause it's more about the, the excuse me, the content and the comedy. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, yeah, so I've got that going on. I am co uh founding a studio so uh-huh. um we're in the very nascent stages see fire truck nascent whatever there you go um <clears throat> my kid i'm gonna show this to my kids so she can see i have a decent vocabulary <laughs> word recall is bad but the vocabulary is good if i can find it um but so the very early stages of that and um, we're working on the business plan right now mm-hmm. and uh that will involve a lot of networking which i'm super excited about yeah. um <clears throat> and then i was in pre-production for a feature but i you know during the strikes we stopped everything Mm -hmm. and um we've just started hustling that again Mm -hmm. i have a short that is on it's more a drama on uh infant loss and infertility Uh it was actually inspired by chrissy teigen's post but Mm -hmm. i also have a lot of friends who have experienced things like that Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so i'm working on producing that with an OBGYN doctor friend of mine so that's great um yeah, so she's she's been so we're just the beginning stages of that, and then um, I'm doing a little comedy podcast with my friend of mine who I wrote script with, and um, busy, busy. Uh, yeah, I just busy busy, and but I again, once any one of them takes over uh-huh. as the main thing, then I focus on that. Right. But until that happens, I need to just uh, keep hustling. Yeah, and I keep writing. Because I think, I think that's something I've learned that even if you delve into the business side of this or the filmmaking side, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about this earlier, just carving out time for yourself to write. Mm-hmm. I had like a really bad something, cold something, virus, whatever, mm-hmm. th- at the end of August, September, and I didn't, I wasn't writing and it was driving mm-hmm. me crazy. Yeah. So, you know, getting back to that, having these account, I go to accountability rooms, but I don't go to them like I used to mm-hmm. because I feel like. I've got too much going on to, to do that. Accountability. I mean, come on, just even trying to, yeah, like, you know, like a writing, there's a lot of rooms that I uh, 
people created where they you go and you just write you just talk about your projects and then you oh. write together for two hours oh like online and i think or that's or? yeah like they're just on zoom and they check in with everybody oh, and okay. everybody writes and then they check in again oh. uh so those i have to put you in touch with some of those yeah. people so those those um those always helped me. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I met a lot of the people who worked on my film. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm so chatty and frenetic that I, if I'm in a room with people, they're like, oh, God, Rebecca's here today. Oh, my God. It's like, mics like okay, turn the mics off. They're like, <laughs> like you have three minutes to talk about what you're doing. Three minutes, Rebecca. They, they don't say Rebecca, but they're like, three Meet minutes. participants. I can just, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty... Um, intuitive when people are irritated <laughs> or annoyed by my whatever and, or like I do have friends who's you no know, it's all good but I do have friends who set timers and stuff they're like um yeah. 45 minutes for us to talk yeah. yeah and it's good I respect people's time but I just get excited it's so it's great people it's great I think no yeah 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 you know I think people know when we're talking like if somebody asks me to read their script uh I still talk to this one woman who we work together a lot and she was like, yeah, Rebecca gave a three-hour notes call on my script. But, like, I don't think she was expecting it to be three hours, but I was just so invested. It's going to get made. It's a beautiful film. But it's, like, such a beautiful film. I wanted to give her, you know, as much excitement about it because I was – I'm like, this is going to get made. Like, no doubt. Whether you make it or somebody else makes it or whatever. So, like, I think people carve out time. (laughs) <laughs> you know? like oh it's Rebecca okay, so. Um, just the evening. so um favorite color blue like the ocean oh nice and mornings early mornings or late nights used to be late nights now it's early morning and uh forest or desert mm, neither can I say neither the ocean favorite word hmm perseverate because that I'm an expert perseverator okay so one of my questions usually is pantser or plotter but you're neither right yeah neither it's like in between it's just like I plot as I go along I I guess I'm more of a pantser but I but I I have a plan I have a plan and I and I adjust the plan as I go as if I'm watching the movie for the first time so that I could see how people might want it to go. I love that. Um, it's so wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> see you listeners next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sign My Book. If you're a fan of the show, simply hit that follow button to subscribe and never miss an episode. Then head over to Instagram and follow us there at Sign My Book. Till next week, keep writing.